Thank you for joining us on another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. How's everybody doing? With me as always, Kirk. Hello. He's the co-host. He's the co-host of this show. I am your other co-host. We're here. We're rocking and rolling. It's Tuesday night. We got big movies, big news. We've got Marvel movies. I mean, this is this is great. This feels great. It does feel great. And we are on the cusp, the cusp of the Loki finale dropping, which I'm going to attempt to stay up all night long. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Just a few hours away. We've got Loki coming at us. Um, The Loki finale. So date of recording, like I said, Tuesday, July 13th. So yeah, Loki is upon us. Uh, We just dropped today our episode five recap. So you guys can go check that out before Loki airs it is shaping up to be quite the finale we're not going to go into details because some of you guys may not be watching but let me just tell you kirk and i were talking about it on the pod um our recap pod spilled popcorn this is the best marvel series right this is this is it we've only got three so far so small sample size but i mean this this is the best one so far yeah, uh, uncontested. It's close. It is close, uh, but it's it's quite easily the strongest. And mm-hmm. uh, I think tonight will solidify that, uh, which is exciting. It's yeah. exciting because Loki's been a big fan favorite forever. And let's just see him bring it home tonight. Yeah, man. It's I'm I'm giddy about it. I'm really excited. Really place. excited. So, and then the other thing I'm excited about is uh, Emmy nominations. We've got the Emmys yes. coming up. September 19th is when the Emmys are dropping. And um, we got our nominations today, so a few few months in, in advance, as per usual. They all dropped this morning, and there are some interesting things in there. There, there are plenty of interesting things. I think the, the Emmys are always interesting. <laughs> it feels like there are, you know, I've always been curious to see where they would stand on things like WandaVision, where they stand on things like The Mandalorian. Obviously, this is season two for The Mandalorian, and it fared well in season one. Uh, but just seeing, you know how the streaming wars continue to develop. These award shows really are good indicators. And then, you know, where, where's network TV fall into the mix? You know, that, that all that stuff sort of culminating into the, to the Emmys. And, and, you know, nowadays, and we'll talk about it obviously, but crazy to think that, you know, five years ago, it would have been all network TV shows. And now it's just streaming, streaming, streaming with right. a, with the little drizzle of network television. <laughs> it is a very different world now that, uh, all these streaming services are creating their own content. So we'll dig into all of that. We are, if you stick around to the end, or if you're listening on the podcast and you swing back on Friday, we're reviewing Black Widow, a movie that we have been waiting for over a year to yes. come out. We have been waiting. Oh, I'll, I'll do you one better, Kirk. What? Boom. Oh, oh man, that's yeah. beautiful. And this is the one from the movie. And I've also got Alexi. With his little red well, guardian. You know what? I just wanted to show <laughs> this one. Sorry. And guess what? Her arms pop off. Oh, that's and cooler. You can, you can be, it's, it suddenly becomes a what if trailer uh, because yeah. now she is white, Black Widow slash Iron Man. What <laughs> if Black Widow had Iron Man arms? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, I love it. It's just, see here, here I was thinking that just, just one time I would one up you <laughs> on the props and still no, still no, but that's, that's okay. That's your, that's your role and I appreciate it. And now I don't know how to put her arm back on. So she's going to be <laughs> she's broken forever. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we're going to talk Black Widow. 
Big, big deal. The MCU is back on the big screen for the first time in two years. Whether you're superhero movied out or not, this is a big deal for the movies. It's a big deal for lovers of Marvel films. And we're going to talk about Black Widow, how it stacks up. And then we're going to wrap up the show with our schoolyard pick of MCU solo films. And we'll see if Black Widow cracks either of our lists. But, um, you know, and we'll, we'll explain more what that means, MCU solo films, when we get to that point, because it's a little bit convoluted. And I've got some, I've got a few stipulations we need to talk through, Kirk, before we get into all of that. So we need to okay. iron out the deets before we go yes. into it. Mm-hmm. But, like I said, we got lots going on, and we have lots of news to cover. So, Kirk, I think we probably better get going. What do you think? I'm ready to uh, pop it up, as you say, Cam. Let's pop it. All right. We mentioned it right at the outset. The Emmys, the 73rd Emmy Awards are coming at us September 19th, and the nominations got dropped today. So, Kirk, here's what I want to do. I want to talk through these big categories, get some overall reactions, talk through some of the bigger storylines, and then... uh, you know, we'll just kind of wrap on that for a little while and see what we come up with. What do you say? I'm ready. Are we are we voting sometimes during <laughs> this as well? I mean, sure. Yeah, you can. I mean, just tell tell me what your picks are. Tell me what you like. What you're what you're questioning. What, what's going on? I, I just need to know what's going on in your head when you react to this. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm an open book. Yes. So the the big award for the primetime Emmys is always outstanding drama series. There is also an outstanding comedy series, but really, like the big winner, the the best picture, if you will, is outstanding drama series. We have eight nominees for that award, and they are Amazon Prime's The Boys, Netflix's Bridgerton, Netflix's The Crown, Disney Plus's The Mandalorian, Lovecraft Country from HBO. Um, Pose, which I believe is FX. I believe so. The Handmaid's Tale from Hulu, and then This Is Us from NBC. Wow. Those are our nominees. So that that storyline that I was talking about earlier, there's a great example. (laughs) Streaming versus network. We have HBO, which is premium network and is also streaming now. And you have NBC and the rest, and FX and the rest are all Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu. So different world what's your what's your take on that category Kirk well first of all to the um, manifestors of the world I just want to point out your show is not on there because it is it's just true. lost 2.0 it is not a real show it is a recreation of a show wow so wow let's just wow, get that wow. out of the way I see manifestors I'm just I don't know if that's what they're called they have I'm a name call them that. I'll look it up they have a name manifestos manifestas <laughs> <laughs> I don't know but it is just lost. It is lost part two, um, a continuation. Anyways, this list is baller. It's it's incredible. Um, I have actually seen very little of most of these shows. I've probably seen one season of almost everything on here, um, but I got to go even with The Crown, which I've seen the least of. I'm going to say The Crown is going to take this as it swept the Golden Globes last year. Yeah, I think it's going to be the crown. I was I was obviously glad to see The Mandalorian. Was glad to see Lovecraft Country, The Handmaid's Tale. I haven't seen Pose. I need to watch Pose. Um, mm-hmm. The Boys. The, I mean, this is a solid category. I I know This Is Us. I was a little bit surprised to see just because I know that that show's sort of not in its best form <laughs> right now. But I guess with eight nominees in the state of television right now, you kind of that's where you get left with. 
plus the fact that they divide things out into comedy and the comedy section is always questionable because it's (laughs) confusing yeah so (laughs) let's dive into the comedy arena here we've got um nominees for outstanding comedy series we've got blackish cobra kai pin 15 emily in paris hacks ted lasso the flight attendant and the kaminsky method now (laughs) the flight attendant is not a comedy um by any means it's more of like 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 you will laugh i suppose at times um but it's not a it's not what i would call a comedy um the rest of those are are probably comedies i don't i I can't speak to cobra kai um because i haven't watched much of it but that's a weird category that is a very weird category um my i know ted uh, again comparing it to the golden globes it's the most recent thing we had um uh, my vote is i'm gonna go with blackish i hope i've not seen it and let me put put that out there i want to vote for this show because i haven't seen it but i have heard anthony anderson on several podcasts and i'm like dude what they're what he's talking about that's the content of that show is exciting it's hilarious and it's innovative so i'm rooting for them i'm rooting for them this year let's let's uh let's give it up for the blackish crew yeah and and kenya barris has been in the news a little bit he's the the showrunner um for walking out of a 100 million dollar deal with netflix basically for creative differences, you know, for lack of a better, for lack of a better term there, you know, he basically said, you know, I want to do my own thing. I don't feel like we're doing the stuff that we should be doing here. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, if you can walk away from that much money, I, I respect you. That means that you're sticking to your guns. Right. And he already has a hundred mil in the bank, most likely. Yeah. Or close to it. (laughs) All right. Let's move right along here. To outstanding lead actor in a drama in a drama series, we got Reggae Jean Page from Bridgerton, Sterling K. Brown, This Is Us, Billy Porter from Pose, Jonathan Majors from Lovecraft Country, Matthew Reese from Perry Mason, and Josh O'Connor from The Crown. I mean, literally not a single surprise in that category. Um, of note, first nomination for Jonathan Majors for the Emmys, first nomination for Reggae Jean Page for the Emmys. So, congrats to those guys. Um, outstanding lead actress in a drama series goes to are uh, the nominees are Emma Corrin from The Crown, Olivia Coleman from The Crown, Uzo Aduba from In Treatment, Elizabeth Moss from The Handmaid's Tale, Journey Smollett from Lovecraft Country, and MJ Rodriguez from Pose. And MJ Rodriguez is the first transgender uh, actor to be nominated for an Emmy wow. as well. So that's a that's right. a big deal. And Lovecraft Country, man, I I think it's funny. This show just got canceled, and, and and obviously ratings are different than quality, right? Your yeah. show could be great, but if people don't watch it, it's not going to get renewed for a second season. But I'm just wondering, uh, what's going on there? <laughs> you know, maybe people would maybe people would watch a second season if they know that it's Emmy nominated. You know, that show kind of came out like at a weird time. I don't feel like it was particularly well advertised. Like people didn't really know what it was about. Um, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that HBO pulled the trigger so fast on canceling that. Yeah, I'm going to guess what it's about because I've still not seen it. Uh, I've attempted to start it. I've stared at Jonathan Major's face for so long as I'm about to hit play. And what it looks like, it looks like a man and his sister is what it looks like, uh, are fighting off a giant octopus monster uh, in in a small southern town um, called uh, called Marietta. So this is this is what is about am i anywhere close to correct cam you are 
thirty percent correct, maybe. Okay. Great. Uh, and the fact that it's like a southern town, it's hot. Uh, oh. But really, it's just like, re- really, it's just. It, first of all, Journey Smollett is not is not Jonathan Major's sister. Uh, <laughs> it's it's more of like a love interest type thing. But oh, okay. It's a gotcha. horror. It's a horror show, and it's each episode sort of is connected to the whole, but also is like its own little episodic deal with with hp lovecraft stories and tales and monsters and things like that sort of woven into it so um it's really cool the reason i stopped watching it um and then i picked it back up but the reason i stopped watching it originally was that the one of the episodes scared the crap out of me and i was watching it late at night and i was like i'm only gonna be able to watch this late at night so i'm not gonna be able to watch it until i have time to like watch it during the day so i ended up finishing it but you know it, it has a lot of like themes about you know civil rights and and things like that because it's set back in the day so it's it's a really cool series it really is it's just again i don't think they marketed it well and it's gonna be pretty awkward if it wins a bunch of emmys and then it's like ooh, bunch of people are interested and now misha green is gone and the whole cast is gone and the whole show is gone because hbo pulled the plug i don't know it's wild yeah, that is pretty shocking. I, I came, you're, you're spot on. It came out at such a weird time. Uh, it was like in COVID, but when it was like on the upswing and just, oh, what a bummer. It's a bummer. Yeah. But we get Jonathan Majors in the MCU. So yeah, we'll eh, take sorry. it. He, he'll, he'll get plenty of work. He's pretty talented. Journey Smollett, same, same deal. Yes. Talented, <laughs> talented actors. They'll, they'll be all right. They'll land on their feet. Uh, and we've actually got a news story about Misha Green, the showrunner, earlier, so or later on. So uh, we'll let you know what she's going to be up to going forward. All right, let's move over to comedy series. The best lead actor in a comedy series. The nominees are Jason Sudeikis for Ted Lasso, Anthony Anderson for Blackish, Michael Douglas for The Kaminsky Method, William H Macy for Shameless, and Keenan Thompson for Keenan. There it is. Shocking. What's, what do you What do you think, sir? Do you well, have any thoughts? Well, Keenan Keenan is truly awful, and it pains it pains me to say this because um, I love Keenan Thompson. I think he's great. I think he's you know he's followed the path that so many people do, which is to pay your dues on SNL, do an incredible job, get some Lorne Michaels EP'd show that yes. sucks, you know, <laughs> flagship show that sucks on NBC, and then that's sort of the end of it. And I feel bad about it, but the show is just not funny. It's just not good in my opinion. So um, congrats on the nomination, Keenan. obviously deserved, but the show is rough. And also if we're throwing out takes, the Kaminsky method just is not my jam. I've tried it many times. I think I, ha- I, think I have something against Michael Douglas. Okay. I don't know what okay. it is. I have no real reason for it, but I just mm-hmm. don't like him. I just, and I'm sorry, Michael Douglas. I don't know. I don't know why. I, I, there's something mm. wrong with me, but I just don't. Yes, yeah, so I'd like to unpack that after after this episode. We might Maybe need I'll, to. There might the be air. something psychological like that I need to yeah. unearth, you know, because I, I can't think of any logical reason for me to not like him. But there's yes. there's got to be something there. Something in your past. We need to un- <laughs> unravel. I'm scared now. I'm very scared. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to outstanding lead actress in a comedy series. A.D. Bryant for Shrill, Gene Smart for Hacks, um, Allison Janney for Mom, Kaylee Cuoco for The Flight Attendant, and Tracy Ellis Ross for Blackish. Any surprises yep. there? I mean, Kaylee Cuoco, I really liked um, The Flight Attendant. I didn't think it was perfect, but I thought it was really fun. Um, mm-hmm. And A.D. Bryant getting nominated, that's exciting for her as well. 
I've seen none of these shows. Uh, apparently, I, I live in a, a dramatic pit of life because I've well, seen all the dramas. <laughs> yeah, you, you're you're more of the drama the drama guy. So let's move over to outstanding limited series because I feel like this is where most people spend their times. Limited series are sort of like the in thing these days. They're like the in medium, which I'm all for because it's one of my favorite mediums ever. But we've got Mayor of Easttown, I May Destroy You, WandaVision, The Queen's Gambit, and The Underground Railroad, nominated for Outstanding Limited Series. So that's exciting. Yeah. I, uh, Mayor of Easttown I thought was great. Uh, WandaVision, obviously good. Was surprised to get them, to see them get as much love as they did. The Queen's Gambit was obviously phenomenal and I May Destroy You. Like those are all heavy hitters. That's going to be a tough category and it'll be interesting to see where it goes. And then... Uh, would you say that it's... Uh, here's a late joke. Yeah. <laughs> would you say that it's a, a chess match? This yeah, category? for sure. For sure, man. Definitely. Because the Queen's Gambit <laughs> is oh, about a my. girl who's really good at chess. Yes, you're so right. Please move on to the next okay. category. Fast. I'm just going to do the last two, which is outstanding lead actor in a limited series or movie or and outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie. So for the acting okay. categories, Paul Bettany for WandaVision, Hugh Grant for The Undoing, Ewan McGregor for Halston, that's his Netflix show, Lin-Manuel Miranda for Hamilton and Leslie Odom Jr. for Hamilton. So that is certainly an interesting category. Definitely not comparing like apples to apples there. So good luck to the voters. Um, outstanding lead actress in a limited series or movie is uh, either Kate Winslet for Mayor of Easttown, uh, Michaela Cole for I May Destroy You, Anya Taylor-Joy for The Queen's Gambit, Elizabeth Olsen for WandaVision, or Cynthia Erivo for Genius Aretha. Okay. So stacked. Those categories are both stacked, and those are going to be tough, tough fought categories. My hand is my hand is raised. Yes, sir. I have a question. Um, why is Hamilton nominated? Because it is a television movie, technically. But it's 2021, and that did that come out in 20? It did come out yeah. in 2020. It came out July 4th or oh, July 3rd or whatever. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. It felt like we had that three years ago. Well, and, and it was like was... also Oscars eligible. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, hmm? yes. very confusing. Time is relative. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like people do not know what to do with the streaming movies. They're like, so is it a TV movie? Is it a regular <laughs> movie? Like, how do we, where do we go with this? How do we qualify this? Uh, just throw it in there. Just throw it in there. Yep. That's that's the way to do it. Um, well, one more one more pin for Mr. Lin-Manuel. <laughs> right, exactly. Might feather. as well. Here, here you go, bud. Here's here's another award, another nomination, whatever. You, you'll get plenty of them, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so that's the Emmys. That's the Emmys. I know it's not exciting to listen through all the nominations, but at least when you're talking to people at work, you will know what to say now. And... It'll be interesting. Other big storylines going on, other than the ones that we mentioned. HBO led in nominations. Um, they were number one, followed by Netflix, followed by Disney Plus, actually. Disney Plus, who is very new to the television game in general, um, had 71 nominations overall between WandaVision, um, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and uh, uh, Mandalorian. All of those okay. things were nominated, so I believe I believe Disney Plus scooped up seventy-one. I believe I'm getting that number right. Let me uh, that, let me verify. That is massive. That is absolutely massive. Yes. 
just just to thinking you know many many moons ago when it was a big i've said this before a big um hoopla when uh when the sopranos joined yeah the, the eligibility and they're like well should we let them in right and thank goodness they paved I the know, way man. no kidding <laughs> it would be so boring now and i was right about 71 uh nominations 23 alone for wandavision 24 for the mandalorian five for the falcon and the winter soldier and then you got wow. Hamilton and a few other things. So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting time. Uh, I've said it a thousand times, but in case you were curious, network TV is very dead, very, 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 very dead. Um, so say goodbye to to anybody who likes network TV. It is uh, on the way down. Bye bye. All right, that's the Emmys. Let's move on, shall we? Let's move on. We got a few other things to chat about. The first one I couldn't resist. This is so fun. Um, Matt Damon. <laughs> apparently was offered the lead role in avatar way back in the day jim cameron came to came to matt damon and said you can be the lead in avatar and if you agree to do it you get 10 percent profit sharing so he would get 10 percent of the profits meaning that he left over a hundred million dollars on the table by turning down this role your thoughts kirk it makes perfect sense that it was Matt Damon because Sam Worthington is uh, is would have been his stunt double in a different uh, in a different life because it looks just like him. What a dummy! Yeah, it almost feels like Jim Cameron wrote this movie thinking about Matt Matt Damon. Now that now that you say that, and then it's like, well, he said no, so who's next? It's like, how about this guy that looks just like him? Uh, you know, and I bet you, I bet you. This is this is this is harsh because Sam Worthington has redeemed himself in in another movie. Uh, he was in Hacksaw Ridge, which I thought he was very excellent mm-hmm. in, mm-hmm. and hopefully that is where he found how to act. And when he comes back to Avatar two and the future ones, we will see him in a much different light. Man um, on a ledge? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a test, and you passed. <laughs> Absolutely. That was before Hacksaw Ridge. Let's get the timeline right. Okay. That's true. <laughs> uh, he, uh, yeah, I, I just, if I'm Matt Damon, Matt Damon already has a lot of money, but man, he would just be getting just buckets of checks still just pouring in for just no reason. Well, I'm just thinking it's incredible. Avatar is the highest grossing film of all time. And, and granted, we're talking profit, not revenue. So who knows yep. how that all shakes out. But if your movie makes 2.8, billion dollars in the box office let's say yeah um 10 of the profits off that is pretty good pretty good i'd yeah. say so well i also excuse me tired i also have to say that uh matt damon probably read the script and said this is garbage which <laughs> to a point to a point it you know it doesn't have it doesn't have the strongest script however matt damon being a screenwriter himself if he was part of the project i think he could have done a really cool collab with james cameron and really really bulked up that story together uh we'll never know we will never know the world will never know but we do know that matt damon left a ton of cheddar cheese on the table so um, that is fun not for him. He probably cries himself to sleep every night thinking about that. But <laughs> holding, he went to Pandora when it opened up, and he's holding one of the one of the dolls that he made, but it's of him, not of and no one else. Yeah, poor guy, poor poor Matt Damon. <laughs> poor one out, poor one out for Matt Damon. Okay, we were talking about Lovecraft Country earlier. This probably would have been the better segue coming out of the Emmys, but hey, who needs it? Who needs a good segue? 
Um, but Misha Green, who's the showrunner of Lovecraft Country, was a bit bitter, I would say, uh, when HBO pulled the rug out from underneath her and her show and her cast. Um, she went to the to the extent of telling people what the plot would have been of season two, sharing scripts online on her website. Um, it was not the cleanest breakup, but she, you know, understandably so. People were expecting it to get renewed, and HBO sort of last minute canceled it. And her her cast was left in a position where they had already cleared their schedules for this, and it's a whole thing. Sometimes that happens in business, but she's landed on her feet with a nice plush new deal to create and develop TV shows for Apple TV Plus. So Apple being opportunistic as we've seen them be in the past taking the disgruntled showrunner, someone with good thoughts and genius ideas and just hitting them with a check as soon as they get released from their current contract and saying, please come make our platform better. Please, please, please. They do. They do, which is a good strategy. Whoever thought of that, bravo. bravo it's the because- overall Apple strategy. It's just like take something that already works and make it yep. Apple and make it better. Hopefully that's, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. I, I hope that, you know, I've seen more and more traction as Apple TV plus uh, chugs along here and I forgot to cancel my free subscription. So yeah. it's just, it just, I'm now paying for it, which is a surprise to my wallet, my $5, but it's, uh, I'm excited to see what this brings, what these deals brings. Lots of contracts are being signed with lots of big artists right now. Yeah, I would say uh, my announcement is that I have decided to pay for one month of Apple TV Plus. My year and a half of free Apple TV Plus is finally over, sadly. And I have made a conscious decision to pay for one month of Apple TV Plus so that when Ted Lasso drops on July 23rd, I can watch all of it and then promptly cancel my subscription. So to that, I say, touche, Apple. You have won this standoff between between the two of us um, in some way. You eventually got some money out of me, and for that, I applaud you. Like, well done, <laughs> touche. And I'm sure we'll meet again. Yes. Yes. And there's some Apple miser sitting in his closet (laughs) right now with his laptop open. Like I got him. He's so excited. Well, they probably got like millions of dollars of people just waiting for Ted Lasso to come out. (laughs) They're all going to cancel. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, or they're just hoping people forgot about it, which I mean, a lot of people I think did. Yeah. Guilty. For sure. For sure. Um, all right. Moving right along. Lots of Disney Disney uh, slash Disney Plus news going on. Disney Plus dropped a trailer today for a new series called Behind the Attraction that is sort of in the same vein as that Imagineering show they had, which I thought was really cool. Um, and that's coming out next, next Wednesday. It's called Behind the Attraction, where they show you basically deep dives behind the scenes of some of their most iconic rides like the Haunted Mansion, the Jungle Cruise. I think they even have some upcoming rides coming up on that show. So I think it's going to be a week-to-week release starting next Wednesday. Brilliant. Yeah, should be exciting. I I like stuff like that. I don't know why. It's I don't know. It's like the dad in me. Just like, "Mm, mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm. How stuff works. And then when when you get to Disney World, you can tell your kids. You're like, Hey, did you know it took, uh, you know, 1,500 miles worth of chain link to make this track? I, I don't know. <laughs> Stupid crap like that. It's so <laughs> true. I, I used to work at the Gateway Arch, and I, I took my son there, and I'm like, son, it's 630 feet to the top <laughs> and 630 feet between each leg. I am the exact same way. Oh, 
I don't know what it is. Uh, like Gilmore Girls made a joke about that one time about like how guys go to places and they're like, "How many bricks do you think it took to build this?" <laughs> <laughs> it's because we have not. It's because we're unimaginative. I think. Sorry, gentlemen, but just in general, oh, we we don't have good talking points to to talk about. So we just <laughs> we choose the minutia and we dive into that. So there you go. Um, but that'll be good for all of us out there who need some more Disney talking points the next time we go. Check out Behind the Attraction starting next week on Disney+. Plus. All right, next we're going to do some trailer reactions because everybody Ooh. loves a trailer reaction, right, Kirk? I mean, I know I, I do. I do. I do. All right, I'm going to give you a choice here. Okay. Do you want to start with Disney and Pixar's Turning Red or okay. Marvel Studios' What If?, Ooh, let's start with what if. What if. Okay, your wish is my command. Let me uh, get that queued up here. One second. Okay. Do we have any verification if Spider-Man is in this? I couldn't remember if I saw him in the trailer or not. Spider-Man is in this. Spider-Man is in this. There is, uh, as you'll see in the trailer, for those of you watching on the stream, Spider-Man is wearing the, the cape, the Doctor Strange cape. I always forget the technical name of that but spider-man is there um this one that they're showing right now the plot line is what if eric killmonger <laughs> saved tony stark when he was in the desert getting blown up um they have like what if peggy carter became captain america or captain carter or something like that they have um what if t'challa was raised by the ravagers um you know, it, what looks like what if Spider-Man became the Sorcerer Supreme because he's like wearing the cape. So there's all these different really cool what if storylines here. And some it's this is an animated show. For those of you who haven't seen the trailer and who are listening on the podcast, this is an animated show. So this is a very different flavor. And this will be MCU. I mean, it, it like, yes. you know, it's it's tied into that. I don't know how i mean obviously we're doing some multiverse stuff in loki we're doing some multiverse stuff in wandavision we've got some doctor strange multiverse stuff coming up obviously but this is tied in so um be ready for that what what are your thoughts after seeing this trailer kirk uh i just want to play with my son's toys uh that i have here that uh that i'm showing on the video portion of our podcast uh i i absolutely i absolutely love it i have never been a cartoon uh, guy as an adult, but I will absolutely watch this uh, for two reasons. It looks stinking amazing, A, and, uh, but did I say two reasons? How about three? Uh, <laughs> it looks, <laughs> A, one, sauce. It looks stinking amazing. Two, we have what is presumably Chadwick Boseman's final performance in his vocal acting. That's I correct. believe it's that is on the docket, which is crazy. He's on the screen now. And three, it's going to tie back into the cinematic universe. I'm, I'm certain of it. So I have to watch it. Otherwise, I will be left out uh, of everything. So I must watch it for my job on the podcast, for which I get paid $100 million a year. Yeah, you're expensive. You're, you are. And you're you're really snobby when it comes to the contract negotiations. You're like, really, you're one of those. You're one of those guys. You're like, yes. I'm the talent, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm excited about What If, obviously. I think it looks... I think it looks a lot better than I was expecting. The animation is very stylistic. The voice acting sounds pretty good. In some cases, as he referenced, they actually have the original uh, voices coming in. So that's really cool. Um, not always. Like 
you know, Tony Stark is a different voice actor. I think uh, Captain America is a different voice actor, or Steve Rogers, I should say, is a different voice actor. Thor mm-hmm. is not voiced by Chris Hemsworth, etc. But um, a few of those voices are original, and the rest of them sound good, even even without it. So pretty exciting. That's the Very. one that's like I don't know if we're gonna do spilled popcorn on it. We've been kind of like kicking it around because we don't know like if the show format will lend itself to doing recaps, but we want to talk about it. We want to talk about it a lot. So we'll find out some creative way to uh, to do that. All right, yes. let's move to our last trailer reaction. And this is actually a teaser trailer for a new Disney and Pixar film that's coming out in early 2022. Um, and this is called Turning Red. We saw this at the Disney Investor um showcase that they did last year that was sort of in place of like comic-con and stuff like that and and in place of their like d23 expo but this is i believe this film was created by the director of bow which was that academy award-winning um short film about the dumpling who gets eaten by his mom (laughs) did not like that it did not it is uh a really beautiful short with a really cool story but a very interesting way of going about it because when she eats the dumpling it is one of the most shocking things in the entire world and you know that it's coming but it's like what just happened um didn't like it so the premise of this movie as you're seeing it on the screen here is that there is a little girl who when she gets like over stimulated like over excited or in this case like over embarrassed transforms into a giant red panda and um transforms in a giant puff of pink smoke as well so it's like a big it's a big deal and it's pretty hilarious to look at um so basically just like a coming of age story uh you know how kids are like trying to find themselves you you can obviously see like the symbolisms and things that they're going for here kirk but i want to get your take on the aesthetic what the presumed plot line because this is a teaser trailer so we don't know that much about it um what's your overall thoughts on turning red so far yeah, there's definitely uh, something going on with the relationship with the, the mom and the daughter. Uh, the, the daughter is running away. Maybe she wanted to be in school, but maybe the mom's like, no, you can't because uh, look at look at what you are. And she's trying to fit in and trying to you know control her emotions. We could see a lot of, I don't know if, if Pete Doctor's behind this or, or all, at all, but uh, I feel like there's going to be a lot of uh, emotional depth, emotional um, analysis with this as well. So I'm excited to see that. And that panda... Oh my so goodness. cute. It looks that so fluffy. Panda. looks so fluffy. Yeah. Clifford has a run for its money. There are two <laughs> large red animals coming out. And I don't know. This one looks a little Only bit Only one can stand. <laughs> Only one can remain. <laughs> Will it be the giant red panda or Clifford the big red dog? Um, yeah, this one looks so interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. The mom's voice is actually they announced today because they dropped this... Uh, trailer that it's Sandra O oh, who's playing the voice of, of the mother for nice. any of you Grey's Anatomy fans out there. Um, this looks really fun. And, and the new the word on the street, and these are all rumors, is that Pixar and Disney are anticipating this being Pixar's return to the movie theaters because wow. Soul and Luca were the last two films to be released under the Pixar umbrella. Both were done so under Disney Plus with no premiere access. Um, I don't know, gate, wall, whatever, paywall, you know? And Mm -hmm. even Onward was cut short by the pandemic and was moved to Disney Plus after a couple 
of weeks in the box office because that was like right when the pandemic hit. So this is expected to be the big return. So that's that's exciting. It's coming early 2022. So we'll get an official date and more details later on that one. Nice. And last, our last news story is about the movie that we're reviewing this week, Black Widow. So this will act as a good segue. And the story is just this. Black Widow crushed it. Absolutely crushed it at the box office this weekend. $80 million domestically this weekend, which puts it on track for a huge, huge earnings. It's definitely the largest post-pandemic movie ever so far, as far as an opening weekend. It's um, preview night made over, it was like somewhere around $15 million, which doubled um, what Fast 9 did. And that was the previous record for post-pandemic. So it's doing very well. And if you look over to Disney Premier Access, Disney Plus Premier Access, they made over $60 million on Disney Plus Premier Access last weekend too. So domestically, that's right around $150 million for an opening weekend, which puts it on par with some of the biggest Marvel movies ever and, you know, pandemic or no pandemic. So that, Mm -hmm. that is huge news. And that premier access is something to watch. It's, that's something to watch because here's what you have to keep in mind about that. All of the dollars that come from that go straight into Disney's pocket. There's no middleman. There's no distribution fees. There's no nothing. It goes right on their platform. So that money goes right in their profit. So each one of the dollars there is closer to a whole dollar than the dollars they get at the box office. So um, this is the first time we've really gotten like estimates on how much they're making on Premier Access. So mm-hmm. that's something to keep an eye on, guys. It, I, I don't know what will come of it if it just means that they'll continue to do Premier Access alongside box office releases, but that is a storyline to watch, no doubt. Yes, yes. All right. Anything else, Kirk? Anything else before we pop it up for the last time? I have nothing. I am ready to talk about this movie. All right, let's do it. Let's pop it up one last time. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number 4 Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.